0: we this episode, we're going to talk about allergies straight from the source. Uh, allergic disorders affect almost 20% of the population. The most common allergies are those associated with IgE-mediated, immediate, or type 1 sensitivity. These include allergic rhinoconjunctivitis, as hay fever, atopic dermatitis, which is eczema, and allergic asthma. So they're IgE-mediated, they're immediate, and they're type 1 hypersensitivities. Less commonly encountered, but more increasing in importance, ig IgE-mediated allergies to foods, like peanuts, nuts, and seafoods, which can lead to urticaria, angioedema, anaphylaxis. Peanuts are one of the most common causes of food-induced anaphylaxis in adults. There's a significant cross-reactivity between peanuts and other legumes Another special case is the oral allergy syndrome, where people with some degree of seasonal allergy to grass pollens or birch suffer oral itch and swelling when they come in contact with certain fruits. There's natural rubber latex allergy, is an increasingly important cause of type 1 hypersensitivity. Diagnosis is suggested by history and confirmed by skin tests or the detection of serum-specific IgE. There's association with latex allergy and sensitivity to fruit, most commonly banana, kiwi fruit, or avocado. ATP? At, uh, ATP? Fuck! ATP refers to 40% of people who have an inherited tendency for an exaggerated IgE antibody response to common environmental allergens. There will be a positive response to one or more allergen skin prick tests and usually family history of allergic disorders. Of those who are atopic, one half to one third manifest an allergic disorder, most commonly allergic rhinitis, asthma, atopic dermatitis, or allergic gastroenteropathy. The common allergies according immediate hypersensitivity include inhalants, foods, and other like drugs latex. Uh Allergic rhino conjunctivitis and asthma are the main manifestations of inhalant allergies. If the symptoms are seasonal pollen allergy is the most likely. In terms of food allergy, this normally manifests in infancy and childhood and symptoms ranging, ranging from severe urticarial type reactions to gastrointestinal symptoms such as anorexia, nausea, vomiting, spitting up of food, colic, diarrhoea and failure to thrive. Um, You shouldn't confuse allergic reactions with non-immunological food intolerance like lactose intolerance. So IgE mediated food reactions, they're basically type 1, immediate Hypersensitivity responses to a foreign protein, relatively easy to diagnose. The features are that it occurs in infants and toddlers, usually occurs within 30 to 60 minutes. It's due to the release of mast cell mediators and produces flushing, blotchiness, itchy mouth, nose, and eyes, wheeze, urticaria, which is facial or generalized, angioedema of the face and airway. Vomiting, diarrhea and colic can lead to anaphylaxis. The three big foods are cow's milk, egg and peanuts. Uh, An IgE-mediated food reactions normally resolve by ages 3 to 5. The management of IgE-mediated food reactions is to document diet symptoms past allergy and family history carefully. You can refer for specialist allergy advice, provide a patient education sheet, advise avoidance of suspected food. (coughs) You can investigate it with skin testing and consider the provision of an EpiPen. Uh, You can do scratch testing or patch testing or IgE serum RAST testing non-IgE mediated food reactions uh, include things like cow's milk protein intolerance Uh, you get a delay of one to two days after food ingestion and it's not really clear what causes it. Features of non-IgE Mediated food reactions include gastro symptoms, malabsorption, weight loss, failure to thrive, aggravation of atopic dermatitis. Severe reactions are possible. The main foods are cow's milk and soy proteins and most resolve um, by age 3. Management is via elimination of the suspected food, then a formal food challenge. For milk protein intolerance, Uh, a formula you can use a formula carrying cow's milk protein hydrolysate don't use soy under six months as they also may be soy protein intolerant peanut allergy in particular is the most common cause of food induced anaphylaxis in adults Investigations include peanut-specific IgE, either by skin prick tests or RAST testing. You normally get angioedema or anaphylaxis-style symptoms. If you've got any severe allergies, you should take an anaphylaxis kit, including an auto-injector with 300 mics of adrenaline, you inject this into the outer thigh muscle at the first sign of swelling. You can have an adrenaline spray, sprayed 10 to 20 times in milder reactions only. Oral antihistamines with 10 meg loratadine tablets, which you take after the adrenaline injection. And prednisone, 25 meg times 2 tablets, taking immediately after adrenaline. The tests for specific IgE include skin prick tests and RAST tests and ELISA tests. The skin prick tests are only useful uh, if they're negative, so they can be positive but it's of no diagnostic significance if you're asymptomatic to those allergens, so they're useful for excluding IgE-mediated allergy. RAST and ELISA tests measure allergen-specific IgE in the serum. They're no more accurate than skin testing, are more expensive and don't provide an immediate result. Indications for RAS testing would include history and skin tests not matching, having extensive eczema, so not being able to do a skin test, having a history of dermographism, having an infant and a very young child, having used antihistamines in the past 48 hours. General management of IgE-mediated reactions involves avoiding the allergen, using pharmacotherapy, using desensitization. Uh, Moving on to allergic rhinitis. It's classified as either intermittent or persistent. Intermittent allergic rhinitis lasts for less than 4 days of the week or less than 4 weeks of the year. Persistent allergic rhinitis lasts more than 4 days of the week or more than 4 weeks of the year. The severity is classified as either mild, moderate or severe. Mild is where you have normal function including sleep and only slightly troublesome symptoms. Moderate to severe is troublesome symptoms with impairment of activities. Seasonal allergic rhinoconjunctivitis or hay fever is the most common type of allergic rhinitis Uh, and it's due to a specific allergic reaction of the nasal mucosa to pollens. Most cases begin in childhood with half having the problem by 15 and 90% by the age of 30. Nasal polyps are associated with this disorder. Management of seasonal allergic rhinoconjunctivitis or hay fever includes four main areas. Appropriate explanation and reassurance, allergen avoidance, pharmacological treatment and immunotherapy. General advice is to keep healthy, eat a well-balanced diet. Avoid decongestant, nose drops and sprays, just due to their rebound effect. Avoiding the allergen, finding source of house dust mites if you think that's the problem. Pets keeping outside and avoiding irritants like aspirin, cigarettes, cosmetics, paints and sprays. Pharmacological treatments can be chosen from antihistamines, decongestants, sodium chromoglycate or corticosteroids. Antihistamines can be oral, intranasal spray or ophthalmic drops, decongestants can be oral or topical or nasal sprays, sodium chromoglycate can be intranasal or ophthalmic drops for associated conjunctivitis, and corticosteroids can be intranasal, oral and ophthalmic drops for allergic conjunctivitis. Immunotherapy can be considered if the conventional response is inadequate. It's generally very effective and should be considered in moderate to severe springtime hay fever. It can be intensive, often taking years. You can use antihistamines, basic oral antihistamines, which can either be sedating or non-sedating. The less sedating ones are cetirizine, desloratadine, loratadine vexofenadine. Oral decongestants would include Sudafed. Intranasal decongestants should only be used intermittently three to four doses a week because of the potential problems with rebound congestion and rhinitis medicamentosa. They're often of value in the first week of treatment in improving nasal patency and allowing more complete in its sulfation of the steroids. Intranasal corticostero- sprays are the most effective agents for treating seasonal allergic rhinitis. Side effects are minimal and adrenal suppression is not a problem with normal usage. It takes 10 to 14 days to take effect. Sodium chromoglycate eye drops are very effective for springtime conjunctivitis. They can be used as necessary necessary with no dosage limit and they are helpful when used prophylactically before high periods of pollen. Decongestant eye drops may also be helpful though be careful with narrow angle glaucoma. And steroid eye drops are reserved for resistant allergic conjunctivitis and should be used with care to avoid infection and glaucoma. Antihistamine eye drops are another option. Other treatments include oral steroids, nasal ipratropium bromide or atrovent, uh, leukotriene leukotri- receptor antagonists like montelukast, and surgery through inferior turbinate reduction. Some intranasal preparations include sodium chromoglycate is called Rhinochrom and comes as powder capsules or a nasal spray, beconase is Zone. budenicide is rhinocort nasal, Avamis is fluticazone, nasonex is mem- memetazone, atrovent is ipratropium. So a basic stepwise treatment plan would be patient education. For mild mild cases using a less sedating antihistamine including levocabastin nasal spray and using a decongestant like Sudafed. For moderate to severe allergic rhinitis using intranasal corticosteroids as a preventer. Sodium chromoglycate eye drops, oral corticosteroids if the others are ineffective and immunotherapy where applicable.